In this episode of The Full Nerd, Intel talks Optane and the future of storage. Welcome to a special edition of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with Intel storage czar, Bill Lazinski. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. And Adam Patrick Murray, of course, controlling the horizontal and vertical. Yeah, morning, I did Adam. it. Yeah, I, I made it through today and all I the mean, technical you difficulties. Didn't have, you didn't have internet 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. amazing. We, we made it work. We made it happen. That's the power of, uh, of Intel storage. We are streaming from my <laughs> Verizon 4G phone. Just so you know, I'm just kidding. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> it would, it would kill my plan. I'd be like, no, you're over your cap. They cut like us off five minutes. Yeah, time. <laughs> so uh, very special. Uh, Bill Lazinski, he is a, a VP at Intel. He is basically managing of Optane, uh, QLC, all the storage products. Yep. I really want to talk to Bill about uh, Optane stuff because I'm excited about Optane. Uh, I've done a couple reviews on it. It's awesome stuff. But of course, I guess the first question, we got to get this out of the way. Uh, Intel and Micron, the, you guys are splitting up the CDs and like somebody has to take the dog and that kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, all partnerships, well, maybe not all partnerships, but we've had a really good partnership with, with Micron and uh, we're just headed different direct, different directions. You know, early this year, we announced that we're going separate directions on 3D NAND um, after the current generation. And then in July, we announced that we were going to go separate ways on 3D Crosspoint or Optane technology as well. And so that's, that's kind of what's been happening. You know, the only thing, the other thing that happened was, uh, you know, Micron announced last week that they want to purchase uh, the other half of the factory that we own with them jointly. So. Oh, okay. So they get to keep the apartment, I guess. Well, you know, yeah. Depending, yeah. Go with however you want to think about the analogy. <laughs> yeah, who gets yeah, the cat? Yeah. Who, who's, uh, so does that mean we're going to see disruption with 3D Crosspoint and Optane? Or? No, 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 no. I mean, just like on NAND, you know, this has been part of our agreement kind of since the inception. And so, you know, things are coming to an end and, you know, you plan for that and here we are. And so, um, you know, when we separated on 3D NAND, we had brought it up in our factory and, you know, and we'll do the same thing on 3D Crosspoint. Okay. Uh, for now, as far as Optane itself goes, uh, we actually have some great examples over here. Uh, this is a consumer uh, Optane memory module, M.2, yep. 32 gigs. Uh, you basically use this I guess there's been some contention as to whether you would call it cash or, but it's not really, it's sort of like tiering, I guess, in a lot of ways. Yeah, a lot you of know, I, System Accelerator, system and accelerator. we're trying to come up with words that make it easy for consumers uh, versus, you know, talking about functionality, if you will, right? I mean, I guess technically it is kind of a cache, right? It uses RST, right. our caching software, so. But I guess it's because it, I ran into this with a competing product where people would say, well, because we're not, I guess a cache sort of implies you're storing the information on both. Since the cache is it's separate, it's not really caching. It's actually more of a tier. We're keeping fast yeah, stuff here, right. keeping slow stuff here. Yeah, it's just a lot of the people are still working out the terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think at servers we talk a lot about caches versus tiers, but not so much in client products. But, okay, but yeah. the, for opt for people who don't know, Optane is different than. Than NAND and in what and how? Well, it, great question. So the underlying part of what we call Optane is the 3D crosspoint memory, and it's something that we've been working on for the better part of a decade. Right? It's kind of the first new non-volatile memory uh, since kind of NAND came on the scene in the late '80s. So it's a huge, you know, amount of technical work to make it happen. It's a different set of materials. So you're not moving electrons to change zeros and ones. You're actually changing 
uh, the properties of the material. So it's oh. a completely different thing. So it's kind of a all new way to think about things. But right? still, I mean, it's still silicon based, but it is very much a sort of logic that's behind it then, I guess. Well, there's the best all, way for... all memory products have logic underneath, but the, the cell that you change from a zero to one, instead of s- storing electrons, you're changing the state of the actual cell itself right, okay. into a zero or one. So it's a different technology. It makes it faster. It has different capabilities than NAND. You know, with uh, NAND, the way you read and write NAND is, NAND's pretty fast to read from, but to write it is pretty slow, right? Right. You have to kind of clear a big block of it, erase it, and then you can write it. This is uh, 3D Crosspoint is a write in place memory, so you don't actually have to erase it. So that's how we get those you know, high performance and better quality of service. So it's very, very different, right? Right. And that's, that's definitely in my own testing and others, uh, we found that the, the one point that Intel has been pushing is uh, low Q depth performance. Yeah, absolutely. Low Q depth performance. Yeah. And interestingly, a lot of the tests that you guys have quoted, uh, do show that most consumers, everything that we do in our computers, our client desktops, it is all it's very like much Q-dip it's one like Q-dip one. Yeah. And then and there's sort of that disconnect with a lot of the benchmarkers, because like, a lot of people, they are a lot of the a traditional NAND SSD. It's just parallel uh, control. Yeah, yeah. Right? You need multiple die to, to get the performance because they're all, you know, especially if you're doing writes, you know, you got to get them all busy because they take so long on a relative basis to complete a write. And so Optane is just different. That's why, you know, 16 or 32 gig of Optane is way faster than, you know, you know, 128 gig or something like that in NAND SSD. Right. And a lot of that is because people, you just not, you just don't, Consumers just don't operate at a Q depth of 128 or Correct. whatever crazy. Correct. Amount, we like so. to show those high benchmarks because it shows, in theory, what the drive's capable of. But as you said, you know, most, essentially all client workloads are essentially, you know, single digit kind of Q depth and even a lot of data center stuff is that way. Oh, too. really? Yeah. I would have expected those. I mean, it's a little so. higher, but not, you know, okay, 16, 32, but there's not a lot of 128 Q depth yeah, workloads. I, interesting because. <clears throat> one of the, I guess, the messaging that a lot of you know hardware reviewers like myself were always kind of pushing those high Q depth. Is that? Do you think that's? We well, should... you want to, you know, you want to show what the technology is capable of, sure, right? And benchmarking is about finding the corner cases and showing where things, you know, either break or aren't consistent or kind of run out of capability. And uh, but that's not necessarily how you you work load, right? I mean, your car may be able to go 140 miles an hour. You generally don't drive that quick, you know, that fast, right? Certainly no, not, this... certainly not here in the city. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. you don't even move at all here. In no, 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 I was on Highway 80 today to get here, and it was, it was about 15 or 20 miles an hour if, if we weren't stopped. So. I, see, I, I not to, to hijack Ugh. this, but I, I think instead of the, all the investing money in self-driving cars, we should just invest in those. You just have hooks. You could just hook onto the car in front of you and then just like read the paper as you're going along. I like it. Like, well, kids, it's like kids' toys, you know, you I, got the little yeah, yeah. Uh, little. Well, I thought attachment. that was the idea of self-driving was the cars are actually probably better at starting and stopping than people. Uh, yeah. Right? Right. And, you know, you're only moving at two miles an hour anyway for 20 miles. So yeah. you just hook it on there, then you unhook and drive off. We solved it. Elon Done. Musk. Write it. Give us a check. Uh, so uh, for Optane, I will take it back to actual storage. We're just not going to go off the rails here. For, yeah. for Optane, not too far. A lot of people, when because I remember when 3D Crosspoint, you guys and gals, before, uh, down the road, everybody got on stage. Yep, it's yep, like, it's yep. a thousand times faster. Everybody did the flip out. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's a thousand times faster. And then we get their first Optane. It's like, eh, it's not really a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is something that we still debate. In fact, we debated, should we say it? Uh, 
uh, Alfazio, who's our senior fellow, who's you know kind of been the, the the key driver father of the technology at Intel, can show you all his charts at how at the cell level it absolutely is a thousand times faster than NAND. But in reality, you know, as you're moving data, as you're doing real workloads, as you have you know you got it behind a controller, you just can't exploit that much performance. So, you know, I think in retrospect we probably would have talked about system level performance sure. versus just talking about the characteristics of the cell. But at the time, we were talking about three D crosspoint the memory and the technology, not our SSDs, right? Because we announced those right. actually, you know, a few months later. But so it, it really, uh, but it does say that, you know, we have something that is moving at a thousand times performance of, of whatever's out yeah, there. Yeah, and, and you'll see it. You know, we've been talking publicly about uh, how in data center, we'll put this on a DIM, right? And you'll connect it directly into one of our future server platforms. And you need that kind of performance, right? You need nanoseconds of kind of latency versus, you know, milliseconds. So you'll see over time 3D Crosspoint or what we call Optane will manifest itself at higher speeds. Uh, you just, you know, in an SSD, you're kind of limited to you know, the storage interface that you're on. Right. right. And, you know, M.2, uh, this is kind of cool stuff. This is a uh, server. This yes. is, a small this is server what one. we call the uh, the short ruler or EDSFF. This is the oh, short right, right. one. This has the uh, the final connector. This one that I always carry, or that I've been carrying around, I think I've been showing it to you for almost two years. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the long ruler. Nice. And uh, this, this has the early connector, but this has the official kind of, you know, uh, standardized connector. But we'll have this in... Uh, it's 32 terabytes next wow. year. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and that's basically one huge long This is PCB one, yeah, with... one SSD, and you can put 32 of these in one <laughs> rack unit, so you wind up with a petabyte in, you know, an, wow. inch, and a, an inch and three quarters. And it is uh, NGFF, I guess, on the connector, so it's... Yeah, yeah, so it'll, it'll be this connector, but in the long one, so it'll look okay. like that when it comes out. Uh, you know, actually, we should talk about connectors, because um, I, you know, we've talked about this last time we... We had this interview and I Sat Express, which people probably don't even remember anymore. Sat Express yep. was a, a pushed storage connector on yep. client yep. motherboards that went nowhere, yep. died before it even came out. And then uh, you guys and gals have been pushing U.2 drives. Yep. And it's funny because I was just like, there's like two two U.2 drives and Intel makes both of them. Why well, are people you know, doing U.2? I think this is... You know, as much, well, let's say it this way. At the high level, we'd like to have as few connectors as possible because it just complicates supply lines and electrical work and, you know, non-value-added engineering. But in reality, you know, there's just different requirements for platforms. And so, you know, U.2 is a great form factor for servers. It's hot, pluggable, high, highly serviceable. And uh, we had hoped that maybe that would work as a way to kind of replace, you know, two-and-a-half-inch SATA drives or, you know, hard right. drives in the server. And in reality, I think people want something that's going to look more, you know, kind of this form factor or an M.2, something more like that. Right? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, that in reality, that is it is what has happened. I, I think it's unfortunate because uh, one of the issues with all these U.2s is the motherboard makers are stuffing them under really hot components. And, you know, these yeah. things, once you heat them up, it's not the greatest. Well, they, right? they all uh, will thermally throttle. Right. So you yeah. don't wreck the device. And yeah. So and I, I know we've been spending time with with the different motherboard manufacturers trying to talk about. What's the best way to strike the right, you know, balance to make sure you get performance? I mean, the idea, to your point, the idea behind the U.2 was you could get maximum performance at 25 watts, right? You know, and that balance between kind of storage and, you know, memory performance and CPU performance, you, uh, 
It's like to have good storage performance. And very in a very traditional, I, I, I should have grabbed one, but we do have a, a U.2 drive. It looks like a little bit of a thicker 2.5-inch drive. Yeah, it's 15 millimeters instead yeah. of 7. So you can put it anywhere in your system like you do with your SATA drive, and then you run a cable to your you know, U.2 drive. Yeah, in fact, connector. we included cables in the ones that we shipped for yeah, quite yeah. a while. Just because a lot of people didn't have the cables. I was just surprised by the resistance. I mean, I guess it was just the extra cost adder and people didn't want to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Right. U.2 is is easy, I guess, or easier. I mean, I I guess that's what it's coming down to is is people are are getting, you know, large capacity in M.2. So nobody wants to to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, we announced uh, when we announced our QLC drives in July, you know, we can do up to two terabytes on one of the uh, an 80 millimeter thing like that. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And then we're we're probably never going to see the ruler in a in a in a client. Well, you PC. know, I I've learned to say desktop. Never. 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 Right. Say yeah, never. Yeah, I mean, right. Right. I know. You know, I thought you could picture kind of a cool chassis with a ruler sticking out of it, but uh, <laughs> hey, you well, know, no, we're I, not we're not doing a bunch of enabling on it. I'm just going to say you're probably going to need more RGB for it to show yes. up. You know. Yeah. If yeah. it had RGB, it'd be over. I mean, that's what the failure was. No <laughs> RGB. Exactly. I think we just had our first uh, RGB SSD review. Somebody oh, is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Kingston is making an RGB. Really? <laughs> yeah, we did one that's got the blue lights on it, right? The yeah. the 905P. But yeah, I think you know clearly that, that can continues to evolve. People want <laughs> like their. Said, more we're talking colors. early before we started. This morning, right up. How amazing! All the all the customization stuff has gotten right. Super cool. Hey, so uh, the other big knock because so for people to know, Optane either if you use this or sort of as a cache, it's it's just easier to call a cache, even though we want to. Some people want to call. I'll it call it system accelerator. System accelerator. <laughs> I, I still want to call it cache, but you know the cheap way is to go. Uh, you can you can do your two terabyte or ten terabyte hard drive, and then you can use your Optane drive to sort of buffer it out. Um, and then of course people just like I, I just want the full on. I want to store everything on my S- SSD mm-hmm. on a single drive. Sure. For Optane, it's been kind of a knock because it's so expensive, right? Because I think uh, you did a 120 gig version. It was first one was uh, 280, 280. For, for client. Okay, right? For client, we did a 375 gig for the data. Center. Okay, and that's a PCIe card. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but it's just sort of like it when you're looking at 375, and that gets you basically a probably a two to four terabyte traditional NAND drive. Is it? How how long is it going to take for us to catch up? And do do you have to catch up? I guess to I don't know if we ever have to catch up, given that it's got performance. I mean, you know, the the highest end users are uh, willing to pay for performance, right? But that's a smaller part of the market, and you know, Optane is is part of that. That's why I think in this system ex- accelerator piece that you're showing, it will Optane memory, as we call it, will accelerate anything that it's slower than. So if you buy one of our QLC SSDs, get the right version of RST, use Optane memory. Hey, you'll have a super fast system with very cost-effective solid state. But you're right. Today, you can go buy systems, Gordon, that have uh, hard drives behind it, right? And so, you know, the idea is that it can accelerate that. And, you know, with a cache hit rate, if you will, in the high 90s, especially at 32 gigabytes, right? I don't know that it has to be the same price. And, you know, you can use cheaper media. Okay. So you sort of see, like, using a QLC drive and then you're... Sure. Absolutely. And yeah. you, you know, one thing I think was kind of batted around was possibly using Optane with, I mean, on the same drive. Do you mean on the same drive or is it a separate? Well, it could be separate. I mean, you could imagine at some point, will it make sense to combine them physically? I mean, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. 
Uh, and somebody in the chat pointed out that the uh, Intel Optane 905P series uh, has an RGB version. Yes, yes. <laughs> so. it's, it's, is it full RGB? Uh, no, I don't think it's, it's full. It's, it's just blue. not full RGB. It's, it's yeah. blue. Yeah, it, it has the LEDs on it. It's it's not full RGB, unfortunately. So, yeah, we, we got something out there at least. You yeah, know, yeah. Something. No, no, we're trying. We're trying on the 905. That'd be right? funny, though, if you made the RGB version, and then that would be like, that's it. That, yeah. you've, that's it. That was well, the one maybe. thing holding it back. Exactly. RGB. You never know. I would have paid for it. I mean, I, I literally have RGB on my phone. Uh, on your you phone? Know, yeah. Yes. So, yes, you know, the Razor oh, phone. Yeah. Too. The okay. Razor phone, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Proof. People Proof love it. People yep. love it. Yep. Yep. Hey, can I bring up one thing? You know, one of the questions I get, Gordon, I don't know if you're going to bring it up, was, hey, there's this 3D cross point thing, and you keep talking about this Optane thing. What's the difference? Oh, uh, yeah. No, right. And yeah. so, for us, Optane is the way we deliver 3D cross point to the market, right? I mean, um, 3D Crosspoint uh, and NAND are both what we call managed memories, right? You need a controller and you got to kind of manage data placement over time. And uh, that's a lot of code. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of lines of firmware that runs on one of these things. So for us, Optane is our controller, the firmware, the overall package that it takes to put it put it together and make it a complete solution versus just using 3D Crosspoint. Which okay. It's just a memory. All right. And then the 3D Crosspoint, of course, is owned by both uh, jointly by Micron and Intel, right? Yeah, so, correct. Correct. So they can, yeah, we they can the choose technology. to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So op Optane, yeah. 3D Crosspoint was, of course, the original launch, a thousand times faster. And it correct. is. But the getting all the other. wise yeah. Yeah. Getting everything to catch up to it, which is probably going to take years, it feels like. For it to catch up to what? Well, I mean, uh, for everything else to catch up on the on the PC to evolve. Like I, I like the most exciting thing that I, you know people liked it. A lot of people don't understand why I've always been so very jazzed about sort of the future that that three D cross point yeah, and yeah. Optane brings is yeah. is putting it into a dim. Like right now in data center, you have what's called Optane persistent memory, right? Yep. And for people who don't know, it is a dim goes into a memory slot, DDR four slot on yep. a server, and they're Huge, right? They're like 512 gigs yeah, at this one, moment. 128, 256, and 512. Yeah. yeah, so 512 gig memory storage. Dim. Yeah, but I, it's really the thing that's hard is if you've been on PCs for a long time, it's a it's a real brain bender because like, is it storage? Is it memory? Well, and that's the thing, you know, I think just like everything in our business, it'll evolve, right? You know, to take advantage of something like Optane Memory, you don't have to rewrite your software. We add that intelligence to the RST software stack and it just takes care of it. But, you know, longer term, if you're going to use a DIM, you know, in a server or who knows, you know, in a client in the future, you're going to want to take advantage of that persistence. And that does require a lot of software work. And so, you know, the PCs evolved a lot and we think it will continue to evolve to have new characteristics right but i mean one possibility now i got to be careful here people uh he can't talk about the future because there's lawyers they're like everywhere <laughs> looking they're watching this they got those big long legal yellow notepads taking stuff down well, and now they found out the card readers aren't working yeah, so the card readers they're just gonna are, come straight in he's exactly. got to be careful <laughs> what he can say what he can't say but i i certain this is me saying it i i the future could be if you take you but think about it you take your desktop Right now, most of us have, you know, 16, 32, 64 gigs. You go up to four terabytes of Optane, whatever it is, 3D cross point based memory in in the in the DDR slots, whatever that's going to be in the future. How in the world do you even you don't even you just turn the computer on and I it's on. It's just on. It isn't like loading stuff and moving stuff all over the place. It's just 
Yeah, yeah, we've been showing some of the capability of what you can do with it in the server that, you know, taking a system down for maintenance and then bringing it back really quickly is, you know, huge performance improvement. It takes a fraction of the time. So, you know, it just, yeah, it definitely brings a lot of uh, characteristics when you invest the time in the software. So, like I said, I think all of the the, pl- the uh, platforms, you know, have a have a great future around this sure. technology. I just, I just, I'm looking forward to this. Like, again, you know, I, I do know that origi- at the original launch, one you know, potential feature was no DRAM, but you know, probably some DRAM and then you've got just a massive, again, four terabytes. Yeah, I mean, of if you know, we, this is maybe a little techie, but we talk about the memory storage hierarchy. You know, when does it go from being memory to being storage? And that's all kind of a, a relative amount of time, how far it is from the CPU, hmm. right? If you think about it, you know, if you could, you'd put everything in the cache right on the CPU, but obviously that's super expensive despite megabytes of cache now. Hmm. Um, but then you really use DRAM as that next level of memory or storage, if you will, or the next part of the memory hierarchy. And then, you know, Optane SSDs and then NAND SSDs and, you know, so... Um, colder and colder. It's the hot, cold. Exactly, you guys exactly. Use. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and, and you have that maybe not quite as many levels as you would have in a data center, but certainly you have that in, in clients as well, right? Huh. Yeah, because I, I, obviously... You can sort of read between the lines. Obviously, Intel's thinking about this, but he can't say anything. <laughs> but just think about it because it, it would be an incredible future, right? There's no yeah. more waiting for anything, it feels yeah, like. You I, I just... think, you know, you know, if uh, Anand were here or uh, GB were here, I mean, they, you know, we've got Chris Walker. I would think the PC client's got a great future, you know, huge investment by the company with a, a lot of different technologies. So Okay. Um and of course, obviously, you can't say when that's going to happen. No, can't talk about future technologies no. or products. I think is the way it's always legally said. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, where can I go from there? So that to me is exciting. Persistent memory. Um, we talked about material. Uh, M.2. Oh, you know NVMe. So you, just not to get too nerdy, but so NVMe. Intel started this journey. Feels like maybe five years ago. Five years ago. What's the next evolution? Well, you know, it's funny, you know, you talk about kind of thinking about things long term and persistent memory. When we started working on NVMe and proposed it to the industry, we were working on 3D Crosspoint at the time, right? The vision of having the NVMe software stack replacing SATA and moving to PCIe was because we knew there were faster things that we were working on. It was a benefit for NAN, but honestly, it was our strategic, you know, technology people who realized we need something much, much faster for storage if we're going to take advantage of 3D Crosspoint or Optane technology. So we did NVMe, brought it to the industry. People saw the advantages of it, and, you know, it's been standardized. So, but, you know, PCIe, the SIG is an you know, PCIe Gen 4, right? So that effectively doubles the bandwidth per lane. And the PCIe Gen 5 spec, which will again double the, the bandwidth per lane, will be coming, you know, a few, uh, you know, a year or two after that. So, um, you know, I think there's a strong future for very high performance storage. Sure. And for people who don't know, NVMe, non-volatile, God, I'm going to screw this up, non-volatile <laughs> memory express is this a specification for that was a rework of all the storage protocols for talking right. to your hard drives and they were literally written for talking to hard drives threw all that out made it just there's there was just a ton of weird legacy stuff i guess in there that, yeah that well i mean just you know, i mean they wrote software when the bottleneck was always how fast could the hard drive run and so they didn't optimize the software the commands weren't optimized and nvme was not just an evolution but um a really big step forward in how do I shrink that software latency when I'm doing storage work, right? And make it fast so I can sure. take advantage of new technologies like 3D NAND, like Optane. 
Okay. All the different persistent memory technologies that are going to yeah, be coming yeah, out yeah. from everybody. Yep. Um, and so for PCIe, do you, you know, the interesting thing, um, a lot of people were surprised is the original Optane drives, the, the memory ones were, I think they were just by two or were they PCIe? They were by yeah, two. They were by yeah. two. Is it is a thought that you just don't don't need the the by four because you're paying extra power? Yeah, the, the, well, the, the team did a lot of work to just optimize and figure out what's the best bandwidth that we would need at the given time, and so they chose by two. And we had we had done a lot of work with the OEMs, and we were thinking about you know, well, by two is how we'll split it apart, and uh, then we'll just have by two storage, and that'll be good enough for the given time frame. And you know, since then we've continued to evolve, and you'll you know things will evolve to by four and and such okay right. and i guess yeah i mean you don't really need as many lanes once we get the pcie 4 right yeah like the 905p and stuff is a is a gen 3 by 4 but right right and that's plenty of bandwidth for it so well i'm sure there'll be applications that will want more bandwidth down the road right and so you know we'll continue to evolve the product line you know and actually good getting because the opt-in memory was pretty much for no, most normal consumers and then you sort of had the pca like the 905p yep very high performance um, it seemed like it was really hard. It's been actually very difficult to prove the consumer use cases for them because it's so high performance. I remember one of the original demos for Optane in Folsom when we all went up to yeah, yeah. for a oh, demo. Oh, yeah, the day we announced the technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and it was uh, it was like, hey, look, you can, this somebody doing a, th- a 3D render with like a billion particles, and you showed this, you know, the Optane drive versus a very high performance uh, Intel NAND drive, and the Optane drive was just killing it because of the the low latency. Yeah. How's when is that going to get to the point where a consumer might need that? Because I was like, that was probably an extreme. It's like a billion water particles. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, you it was know, amazing. Whirlpool it was amazing, right? but. So, you know, I'd say, hey, the high end, all Optane SSDs, right? We expect. Uh, folks that are working on gaming engines and gaming technologies to take advantage of that. There's a, a bunch of additional proof points we've shown on high-end uh, video or photo editing. So call it prosumer, if you will. But, you know, uh, we've been talking a lot about content creation and seeing more of uh, people taking advantage of that on on uh, high-end clients. And so we definitely see uh, that's a great place for Optane technology. Okay. And it just... It's just developers have to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's like everything, right? You know, software continues to evolve, and once they know the technology is out there, they realize what they can do with it and get excited. In fact, one of the first groups that got super excited about it was actually the game developers, not so much initially for making the gaming play faster, but they actually realized it would actually speed up their builds of all the games (laughs) while they were developing, right? So they actually deployed it as, you know, something to help them first, and then, you know, they'll add the support for making their engines faster or taking advantage the technology in their engines okay so yeah it, it just yeah i guess we'll get there eventually hopefully we, we will yeah or we'll also get to the point where they can use 16 cores and <laughs> all the all the goodness that have been here for gaming and all that I, yes exactly it's hard right it's very hard yes especially just for hardware people you you want it now because you you got all the good stuff now you want it to be used a lot of people go out and they buy it and then it's just simply waiting like waiting. ray tracing that's not on you that's not on somebody else <laughs> well you know i've been around a while like how long did we have usb ports before we had full oh yeah that support? was just, yeah you know it is really hard to remember that it does take a long long time even the most basic thing like usb yeah. has transformed computers oh totally and but it took a while I it mean, took forever it didn't work with the original version of windows well, originally right? it wasn't hot plug 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not reliable. Maybe I'm dating myself. But yeah. I mean, there was a lot of work done on those initial revisions <laughs> to to make it kind of fulfill its promise of experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to say the first. I I the first. Uh, gosh, what, what was that? It was a four. 40B, I, one of the very early Intel motherboards I bought, I bought it because it was like, you know, back then you read in the magazine, it has USB, USB support. Yeah. Well, I get the board and it was like, it, the, you could see where the USB ports were on the board, but obviously they had just removed it. Oh. There were no. <laughs> they just weren't populated? Well, it was an Intel chipset board. It wasn't actual ch- Intel. So they weren't populated. So the chipset has support for USB, but the motherboard oh, vendor said. The motherboard said, hadn't actually brought out the connector. What are you going to use this for? There's no USB stuff. <laughs> so there's like nothing. You saved you got, uh, 50 cents on a connector or something. And I, it was worth it for them. But there you go. I and, was not happy. Of course, we, at the time, I was like, well, there's no USB. I guess it really, it didn't bother me for years. And then later on, it's like, oh. Well, and yeah. is this the thing? Uh, Whiskey Omega on Twitch says Windows 95, then Windows 95 with USB support. Yeah. Well, Exactly. OSR2. Oh, yeah. Windows, man. Windows 95 yep. OSR2. That's a good memory right there. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> we're going to have just nothing but old timer PC show. We're talking about the good old days. Yeah, yeah good old days. I love talking about that old stuff. Yeah, but I, it's very interesting because it, it, looking at the analogies, because yeah, USB just was, it took forever to come. And yeah, Bluetooth, I mean, the same thing. Even oh. Bluetooth on phones was was horrible. It was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're always amazed how long it takes, but then when it finally works, right? It's a great experience. I mean, I guess it's sort of like SSDs because the first SSDs came out, and it was like it seemed ridiculous at the time. They were awesome, but 32 gig SSD, right? Five times the price of a hard drive. Super expensive, right? Yeah, and you know now, right? You wouldn't. None of us would have a machine without an SSD. Yes, exactly. So when, when as as the Intel Optane person, when do you see like oh I don't want a machine without Optane? So I'm gonna give that's a gimmick. Oh, so I, I hope uh, that's coming soon with Optane <laughs> memory, right? I think you know that's too but easy. You don't that's wanna, too easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one's too I know, easy. I don't, I'm not gonna put a year on a cord, and you know that. But you know, because things it's one of those things where they seem as we talked about USB, it seems to take a really long time. But then you can't remember when you didn't have it, right? I'm hoping Optane will be like that soon too, right? Where you get the performance and. Right. right. The low Q def. It's although I, I it does feel like one of the challenges is like, and I if I go to the store and I'm a consumer, I look at an Optane drive, even a high performance one, and the capacity versus the price, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for the cheaper, even though I know I'm not gonna get all the performance because it's just not enough to matter. It feels like. Yeah, I think that'll continue for a while, right? I think you'll see Optane drives continue to get better from a performance standpoint, and that'll attract more users, right? Software will get optimized. And, uh, you know, all memories have a pricing curve, and so, you know, we're right at the start of Optane. And so uh, you'll see that that come down over time as well. Okay, or or here's the other thing, though. Intel also makes QLC, uh, quad-level uh, cell, for people who don't know. There's yes, four bits per cell. Uh, I guess what's the best way to put it? So originally SSDs came out, you, you put one bit in and then it got cheaper. Well, let's put two in. It slows you down. Nobody will notice. And then they're like, we're going to put three in. Now we're going to put four in. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, NAND, you know, it's been around since the late eighties, like we talked about when, when we kind of started this this morning, but it's been on an amazing trend the last few years. It took a while longer than we wanted to get to 3d NAND, but at least for Intel, uh, you know, we've gone from 32 to 64, and then we're going to go do 96 layer next. And in that same kind of time window, we've gone from 2 bits to 3 bits to 4 bits per cell. So a massive increase in density, which essentially manifests itself as a more cost-effective product. Right. And more cost-effective product also means slower, folks. And that's the one <laughs> thing that kills me because first, the first single, the first SLC SSDs came out, they were almost all uniformly fast, uniformly yeah. fast. And then... 
things have gotten worse and worse. Like some of the, I have, I have seen some legitimate TLC drives that I use for storing games on, and they are sl- as slow as a hard drive. Well, I don't know. That seems like not a very well designed one. I'll maybe say that. Yeah, not your brand. Not your no, brand. Yeah, somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody <laughs> you, can, you can buy cheap ones that are have lower quality for sure. But I think if you're buying one of the top brands um you're going to get good performance and then you know at least like for our qlc drives we have added a big slc dynamic cache on the front end so for the vast majority right we were talking about low q depths earlier you know the vast majority of users it's going to look a lot like an slc drive they're going to get great performance and it's going to be super cost effective they're going to get high capacity right right no need for rotating media yeah and uh although i i, I want to save that question for later but i so but for the <laughs> i don't want to pick on the rotating media no, folks no, no, yet no, no. I just, they got yeah. their lumps coming you know in a notebook right you want the reliability you want a thinner form factor and you know it's just easier to do that with something in solid state right but i i guess for like consumers i i look at consumers and we've been saying just buy an ssd for the longest time and then, but we're to the point now where some of the SSDs are just not that great. And there are legitimate, really good ones, a lot of good yeah, ones. Yeah. And there are products that are just not that well implemented. And I, I think it's just sort of hard. And as we get to QLC, I kind of see it possibly getting worse for some other, yeah, in could. general, let's, as a product category. I mean, let's hopefully, you know, we won't have a lot of, um, you know, consumers that are buying products with low quality SSDs and they have a bad experience. But I'm sure some of it will happen. Okay. Uh, all right. I will mouse just ask you then. So we're since we're there picking on them, our hard drive's dead. I think you had predicted before. Price point was it about maybe forty cents? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It now was. it's you know it's been a while. It's gotten way cheaper on, on SSDs. You know I, I won't be the one to to call the end of hard drives, Gordon, because you know things tend to die more quickly and tend to last longer, and you know. It seems like all of a sudden, right, tube TVs were going to last forever, and then you woke up one day and they were gone, right? And everybody had a flat panel. Uh, you know, it'll be like that, I think, on hard drives, right? For a lot of clients, particularly mobile clients, you know, I think even, you know, the super thicker, cost-effective ones for education and stuff, I think you'll start to see those move to SSDs in the next year or so, uh, just because it's getting so cost-effective. And, um, you know, they'll live on for... You know, as long as people want them for capacity storage, I think they'll live longer in the data center, actually, than they will on clients. But it's just become, you know, you get enough capacity out of something that's solid state. And it's a better experience, you know, as we've been talking. Put an Optane memory in front of it, and it's even better. So, you know, I, I think you know, just over the next few years, you'll just see fewer and fewer hard drives, certainly in mobile form factor. Okay, but they, because, I mean, the one thing that I've always felt has been the escape hatch for storage is, more capacity yeah 10 yeah. terabytes 12 terabytes you know not those products have been out for a while now and i'm they keep going you, yeah and and i think they will right and will you see those in client pcs so much i don't know maybe but probably not so many but i mean you know as i as we started this discussion right we'll have 32 terabytes in this and that's actually denser than a hard drive so yeah yeah, no, I mean, that would be, uh, believe me yeah, i would rather have this over high. a hard drive yeah sure what does i kind of i can't even imagine what that costs if you got to ask, you can't afford it. There you is go. What they say, well, yeah. you need a data center full of them, right? Yeah, that's true. And then when you go into that store, there's a reason why high end stores, they don't have price tags on them. <laughs> <laughs> and so people like us can't like, Hey, let me do a scan on and go check Amazon. But no, uh, huh. Okay. So hard drives might be around then, but I guess you're right. Cause laptops uh, are, I mean, it's pretty rare to see them in only in the very budget end laptops. Yeah. But desktops are still there. Well, I think the of. NAND capacity, you know, if you if you look at the floor of a hard drive in the, you know, $30 or $40 price range, 
uh, you know, what, what, how much SSD can I get for that same price point, right? And suddenly, well, if I don't need a 750 gig or a terabyte and I'm comfortable with, you know, 128 or 256, suddenly it's a less of a trade-off and it's just an easy decision to say solid state, right? Get that better performance. Do you think that in some ways kind of cloud storage is a little bit of a threat somewhat because people moving to sort of this cloud-based, you know, universe where they don't need... Really yeah, I mean, it's 32. certainly one of the things that we've been thinking about and looking at is, you know, you have, you know, maybe enough Optane in your machine and then all your cloud storage rather than just a slow QLC drive that is your bulk capacity. Why, why does it even have to be in the box, right? It could be the cloud. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a number of things. Think about your phone, right? Your phone is, what you have on your phone is essentially a cache, right? right? Even though it's getting bigger, it's still essentially a cache of whatever your big data is in the cloud. There's no reason client PCs couldn't, at least in some nature, you know, develop an equivalent thing. Yeah, you know, you're right, because I don't think about that, because you take all your pictures, and, you know, I'm an Android person, so Google's like, hey, you wanna, we'll clear up all the extra photos you just stored in the cloud, so yeah, me we'll too. just... That that's interesting. Yeah, it is more of a cash. But let me ask you this. I want to ask because like if you go, this is the 128 gig version, which I paid like through my nose for. Mm. Why is it always so expensive in phones? Like to go from 32 to 64, 64 to one. You know, it's like everything, right? We talk about value versus cost. Yeah. Right. And, you know, if it brings you value, it solves a problem for you. You're usually willing to pay a little bit more, right? If you want to store more pictures and store more music, my Android phone's 128 gig as well. So, you know, you're going to pay a premium for that. It's just crazy that they cost so much more. I, mean, I was talking to a friend last night. He has a 256 gig iPhone. And he was like, this. it's like, what? It's not even the largest one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you think about it, you've got some pretty high resolution cameras on there. If you want to store a lot of pictures, you're going to need a lot of space. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yes. It is acting like a cache. And I guess the way people just download all their games. I mean, we still download them, though. I mean, I'm, I'm always a believer in, in, in the in the client having the game locally mm-hmm. but you don't like keep a cd or dvd around anymore you just download it and exactly well that's crazy and then of course once we get to where you have four terabytes of your optane whatever memory persistent memory in your client yeah that's you just well yeah and I, I mean you think you know that's one of the usages we talk to people about you know you have gamers that have their kind of their boot ssd and then their hard drive you know and you're moving games around and trying to optimize performance Optane memory actually kind of automates all that, right? The, yeah. Between the software and the drive, it just, you don't have to move games around or anything. It just makes, accelerates it. Yeah, and I, I like that's one feature that I don't think people are aware of is, is you can do a primary boot fast drive, whoever makes it, and then you can actually now use Optane memory yeah. to cache What's behind buffer, it? whatever yeah. you want to call it, tier your slower hard hard drive or QLC drive. Yeah, so. yeah. The the uh, the team has been super, I think, super responsive to like feedback we've been getting for end users and trying to add new capabilities, um, you know, to try to make it as as useful for people as possible. But okay. yeah, that was a crest we got from a bunch of end users. Has the feedback been pretty good on that? Because it seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, you get a lot of feedback from a uh, you know a lot of the high end users of well, why can't I just get a single big drive? And it's like sure, but we've really I think really optimize this for a lot of mainstream users or even, you know, mainstream gamers in the sense that you don't have to worry about moving your data around. It just, it works. You don't have to mess with things and you get a great experience. Sure. No, and I, I can see that. I, I can, like, I'm waiting for a two terabyte main SSD to get cheap enough where I can run that. Yeah. But then I, I'm, I'm just the kind of person I'm never going to give up my hard drive. So I just got to have, cause I have a lot of photos. Right, or so whatever, Gordon, when our hard drive is going to die? If- 
<laughs> I got it. I'm like, I'm kind of like with you. I, I think it'll, you will just wake up, but I, I can't see, I think hard drives are here for the next five to 10 years, perhaps. Yeah. It's, I hard. Just, it's hard to say when, when did the TV tube go away? Do you, I don't even remember a year, right? Suddenly really, oh. you had it forever and then you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Those but there was, still, there points, was still right? always people that just hung on to them, you know? Sure. Yeah. So my sister has one. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Did like, she use it? I don't know if she does, but I think it's one of the problems is she can't get rid of it because it's too heavy to move. I, I understand. We had one like that, right? <laughs> you know, 300-pound Trinitron oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You had to get all your friends over to help right. uh, and give them beers. Yeah. <laughs> but it, re- it really is. It, it did go like that. We went from tube TVs to... It was like... It, it felt like it would never happen, and then it did feel like overnight... Somebody came in and stole everybody's tube TVs. Yeah. By the way, the first thing that went was actually, we actually track it. Um, we look a lot at what we call technology diffusion, trying to understand, you know, if it's a new technology, how fast can it, you know, diffuse into the marketplace? And there's a lot of work that's been done from gas lamp lights to electricity to SSDs. And <laughs> flat panels actually was one of the fastest things to actually transition uh, versus the kind of the standard diffusion curve. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hmm. so it, it did. It, it went faster than we expected. Right? I wonder if it was slower or faster than the fax machine. Is what I'm, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to think. That's a good like. question. Though actually, I was. We still have this. Yeah, I was going to say talking to a doctor, and he was like, "Yeah, I, you know, they still have to fax us stuff. It's it's the card in my PC, but they still they still fax it." Oh yeah, there's some kind of sometimes there's legal requirements for yeah. that only cover facsimiles. They're not. Right. They don't cover electronic transmissions. That's yeah, yeah. really funky. Huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, See, we've just, strayed into technology evolution. <clears throat> yeah. I, well, I mean, I got to say, because, you know, people still don't, I am, I am really legitimately jazz. Bill can't talk about it because Intel lawyer sitting right there, he's like, <laughs> don't talk about future product, but I'm really excited because I, I really just, I can't imagine the world and it's going to happen where you really just have a four terabyte memory drive whatever it is yes you turn it on windows or whatever os you run just points to what you want to go to and you're there there's yep. no i mean nothing highly nothing efficient ever, better battery life yeah and you put it to sleep it consumes <laughs> no power it's just simply off yep. and it's just like it's crazy i i had an old talk about old time computers i used to have this hp omnibook 300 and it had the os on a on a rom <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding, right? I had Windows through and on a ROM, little nice. pop-out mouse. I yeah. should bring it in. I still have it. <laughs> and it was it's very similar to that because you just simply turn it on and Windows didn't have to load from an SSD, which right. would have been slow. It's just simply, you know, it woke up from the ROM and it was it was ready to go. Fast, yeah. I that kind of future. I mean, it really feels like we are gonna get there, right? But yes, computing will continue to evolve and the experience <laughs> will get better. Nice. Notebooks yeah. will get thinner and lighter. It's the future. It's the future. Uh, before we wrap up, oh, we yeah. got we got some questions that I've been piling up. Okay, uh, okay. if you don't cool. mind, no, uh, this is like a, a rapid rapid fire session. Here we go. Uh, and Do I get like points? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll you will be so. graded uh, at the end of this. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a very specific one from Flash Photo on uh, on Twitch. Uh, why are Optane series drives compatible in Z one seventy, yet the cache drive not supported in Z one seventy? Oh, boy. Uh, I think there were some decisions made um, on which of the chipsets it was supported. You know, it comes down to uh, the engineering team's bandwidth and the ability to validate it and make sure that the software works. You know, we don't want to put something out there and say, oh, yeah, it should work. And then, you know, <laughs> it doesn't. So I think you'll see that change over time as well, though, as we add, you know, new new chipsets and 
validated on new products and stuff. Yeah, and that means basically they don't want everything for you to spontaneously erase because it's not fully <laughs> well, validated. I find, you know, we, the... It's a funny side story, and I, I know you have a bunch of questions, but no. uh, we were having this whole discussion about making uh, SSDs that we could overclock. Oh, I remember right? those. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> but we got into this big discussion about how, well, when you overclock a CPU, you just reboot it and everything comes back. Well, if you overclock an SSD and you lose someone's data, <laughs> they might not be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know, I don't know. Sorts something, I still think it's an interesting idea, yeah. but, you know. It's serious business. Yeah, yeah it's, serious, don't wanna... it's serious about losing, protecting people's data. People are very, I, and I, I just, I love picking up. Remember when people tried to flash the firmware on, on hard drives? Because they were, they were fully believed that the hard drive maker just simply turned off some of the heads. Yeah. So, like, obviously, if a hard drive was made with four platters and two of those platters were basically bad, they would turn off those two platters. Right. Oh, yeah. People would try to enable those two bad platters to store data on. Yeah. All the old, oh, that's funny. I've forgotten about all the old hard drive yes, tricks. And yes, and <laughs> Bad block maps and, and all that kind of stuff. if you think about what happens when you have enabled bad, what was ruled bad by the manufacturer, then that, that's not fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Questions? No, no, hey, it's fine. Uh, uh, another question from Flash Photo on Twitch uh, while I'm at it. Uh, it seems Intel has either lower tier SSDs or high end overkill Optane. What about something in the middle? Hmm. I don't know. I God, you know, if you talk to our engineers, they say, you know, that we have too many products on the roadmap. <laughs> oh. You know, I, we really have quite a range, though. If you're looking at like our client lineup, we do have the high end uh, Optane drives, right? As we were talking about 900, 905p. But we do have the 760, which is a pretty high performance TLC drive. And then below that, we do have the 660p, which is the QLC drive, right? Which is really kind of a, you know, entry or mainstream kind of product. So, you know, I think I, I'd argue we have a pretty good kind of good, better, best lineup going right now, and then throw an Optane memory and got a lot of options. You know, 905p, why don't you go to 1080p or 4K? I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, yeah. You maybe Video get a nerd. job in yeah. our marketing department, right? <laughs> why not? It's amazing how many people debate, like, numbering schemes and code names. UHD. It's yeah. uh, storage UHD. There you go. Are there, is, uh, SLC is done. Nobody's making single-level cell. Well, I mean, a lot of times you can take a die and have it run in you know, single bit, two bit, three bit or four bit mode, depending on, you know, what's been validated by engineering. So it's there. Like I told you on our, um, 660 PR drive, we do use some of the, uh, NAND as SLC. It's the same NAND die. It just works right. in QLC mode or SLC mode. Mm -hmm. So, but I, there were, I mean, I guess kind of wondering is there wasn't a quality, like the original SLC cell NAND versus uh, QLC configured as uh, SLC doesn't really matter. It's yeah. I mean, I think I'd say, hey, the cells have gotten better. People have learned how to, you know, better place more precisely the electrons to get the right, you know, levels. So there's a lot of, you know, frankly, good engineering math and you know, work on ECC algorithms and all that that's enabled us to go from one bits to two bits to three bits to four bits. So a lot of hard work by a lot of smart people. Okay, I just kind of wonder because sometimes you hear this people pine for the old days, like some. You know, SLC drive from five years ago was the sure. best ever. And but yeah, okay. Uh, here, here's a good one from uh, Anthony on YouTube. Uh, is there going to be an Optane two, or an Optane Extreme, or 2019 Optane GT? 
<laughs> I, I'm sure we will come up with new and clever ways to name future products, right? <laughs> things I haven't even thought of yet, you know, but yes, there's always, you know, we were talking about, there's always a future of technology, right? We've said, Hey, this, this is the first generation of 3d cross point memory. We're working on the second generation and we got smart people working on the third generation after that. Right. So just like we got people working on future processors. So yeah, there's absolutely a, a long roadmap of capabilities and then a lot of clever marketing people that will, you know, get out their the thesaurus and think up uh, new words to describe their products, new adjectives. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, Timothy on YouTube asks, uh, Optane drives like the 900P are awesome, uh, but still Thank a you. bit pricey to mm -hmm. justify over a normal NVMe drive. Does Intel have any plans to bring the prices down a bit? Yeah, I think like all technology, you will see the price come down over time, right? As we get more familiar with manufacturing and high volume and building more of drives, you know, the technology just comes down a curve. You know, we were talking about how NAND was super expensive when it first came out. And, you know, now it's, you know, replacing, you know, hard drives in most PCs. So yes, yeah. technology has a learning curve and it'll come down over time and be more cost effective with each kind of successive generation. Okay. Uh, you got the cost thing out of the way, you know, that happens. <laughs> the pricing is great though. No, no, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just insane, right? It just, I'm just waiting for the two terabyte drives to hit the right price for me. Yeah. So coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, off a random note, Pascal j is just asking Gordon, uh, are you switching to the ThinkPad, uh, instead of the HP? What's going on here? I, uh, I think I dropped it one too many times. <laughs> he tried to get it we'll to start this that. morning a couple of times. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it wasn't starting this morning yeah. and I, you know, and it's cause I, what happened is it fell off my desk with the USB-C connector on it and it just simply, whoops. Yeah. And I think it yanked on the motherboard a little hard. So oh, whoops. I'm trying to, I maybe the SSD though. So I'll find yeah, out. Yeah. I'll oh, open it up and try to replace it. it. This is nice. And I just wanted to use this because I, I have to review this. X1 so. Extreme. It's good. X1 yeah, Extreme. It's nice. It's beautiful. Corporate. <laughs> yes. Back on topic. Uh, Alex on YouTube asks, uh, uh, they must have skipped the discussion earlier. If you could reiterate, uh, why not use uh, U.2 connections on all Intel SSDs and HTD? You know, we, what Gordon and I had talked a little bit earlier is we had tried and actually thought it would be a great one for desktops. Um, but, you know, just trying to get all the motherboard OEMs to enable the, the little connector and kind of drive the whole industry there, it just took a while. And the feedback we got was people want M.2s. So we've been spending a lot of time trying to get uh, technology in, in, in the M.2 form factor, like the 905P. But, yeah, I mean, I thought U.2 was a great thing for the for desktops in particular. He won't say it, but it's your fault, Internet, because yeah. you always want the little tiny M.2. You don't go for the bigger thing, so you bought it. That's where all the money is. <laughs> all the other drive makers are not making U.2. In fact, the only two U.2 drives ever are Intel, which is yeah. a shame. Which well, is I mean, shame, you, you know? it's at 25 watts, that's how you get the maximum performance right. out of the product, right? But yeah, because I yeah. it's just crazy. I think what's the max is U.2? Is it is it 18 watts? It's a little lower. Around there, now. yeah, it's, it's a little so, bit lower. Yeah. It's lower, and then you take your U.2, like on most motherboards, and you shove it under your 2080 Ti, and you play games for two hours, it's not going to be good. It's not no, going to be good. A little throttle, right? So it doesn't wreck itself. Yeah. 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 Which is better than the original days where they just crashed. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's a shame. Like U.2 would have been great because for people who don't know, I just love, it's, it's, it looks like a 2.5 inch drive. You put it in your drive bay, you run this cable, you plug it into, some boards have native U.2 connectors. Some do, yeah. And some just gave you, you know, an adapter to plug into yep. a U.2. So there were no thermal issues. You had more power. Yeah. You could cool it. 
yeah, more capacity too. It, yeah, it was great. Exactly. You know, it was a way to get a lot more capacity and high performance. You know, I think the other thing though, that we've seen, Gordon, is you know some of the PCIe adding cards that'll take a by sixteen slot and take four U dot toes oh, yes, yes. and give you a really good performance that way. So you see that, but uh, you know. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's good, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a bummer that, you know, U.2 didn't It's more bandwidth off. than U.2, but, yeah, I, I yeah. agree. We really thought it was going to happen, so. Yeah. We invested in products and enabling, and. But it's your fault, Internet. He won't say it. It's your <laughs> fault. You know. uh, Karen on YouTube, uh, instead of separate Optane drives, uh, why don't you use RAM for data caching? RAM is cheaper than Optane. Uh, at a given capacity, DRAM is actually more expensive than Optane, right? If you think about a DRAM die, they're kind of 8 gigabytes, right? Most of the Optane die are 128 gigabytes, so it's actually a more cost-effective memory. Uh, but, you know, if hey, if you can, if you want to spend enough money on RAM, you RAM's still faster, right? You're still going to get a better, better performance if you use more DRAM, so you can certainly do that. Although the scary thing, though, is... It's not persistent. It's not persistent. So, uh, say, if you had a 64-gig DRAM cache, which has been done before, sure. You, suddenly there's a power MEM outage. Drive. Yeah. You're, you're gone. Okay. <laughs> it's all gone. Because, <laughs> yeah, if you use a MEM drive, it has to write all that to right. cold if storage. It hasn't, if it hasn't saved it, it's obviously a problem. Yeah. So, Yikes. Uh, and another person who had missed an earlier discussion, uh, your opinions on uh, SD Express. Oh, that's, I don't even know. What, what is that? I'm So I think, isn't, that's like the next standard of the SD card interface, yeah, right? They're yeah. actually moving oh. to PCIe. You know, I think it's great, uh, you know, because there's still a need for cameras and some of these other things to have faster interfaces, right? Yes. As you move, yes. you know, you were joking about high, you know, high resolution video, right? As you move from HD to, to 4K to 8K, you're going to need something faster. So, you know, we're certainly, I think it's a great thing. Okay, okay. Huh. That it'll probably replace all those funky P P two cards and all that kind of weird storage <laughs> stuff that was video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they basically P two is just Panasonic wanting money. I know. <laughs> but that's but they all wanted money. And True. you know, way back when people were just why didn't you just put a SATA port in this camera, plug in a SATA drive? And of course nobody ever did it for right. So Well, I, you should, yeah, you didn't have the um SSD options, right? I mean, you could imagine maybe something like this now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Why, why not? Or like a, uh, you know, this is 80 millimeters, but you could do 2242 or 2230. Yeah, 2242. Cool. And I'm down for it. Yeah, that's very easy. It's all, I mean, it's all off-the-shelf components. You plug yep. it into your camera. You, the capacity is crazy. Yeah. You can get huge amounts. Terabytes. But, you know. I mean, there are some cameras that take, you know, actual, you know, uh, 3.5 uh, SSDs, so you know, uh, it's out there. It could happen. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you, Bill, a good question. Oh no, go for it. Okay. Why is it always a fight? Why is there? Why? And I just bring up SD Express, NVMe. I'll just we have to have all these standards body all the time. But there, it is in storage, especially. I don't know why there is, but there's always competing. Maybe not so much on the PC space, but why are there always fights over? standards why can't we just all get along well it, you know you, say this is good for all of us well i think at the root of it if you think about even think about phones and technology there right and all the lawsuits that have happened it's it boils down to do i have a technology advantage that i can turn into a business advantage right you know can i make my technology the standard that gives me a leg up on my competition i can run faster you know, so I think in the PC space, we've actually been pretty good about trying to bring everybody together as far as standards go. And I mean, U.2, there wasn't a big battle. M.2 just was more popular. and But they were U2, U.2 and M.2 are, are both standards, right, right? right? And so the industry worked together on that. You know, I just think uh, it's 
getting the standards is good, right? It enables, you know, lower costs and, you know, faster deployment of new technology. Okay. Adam, you got uh, more? Yes, you yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. I keep uh, taking up Bill's time. He's almost <laughs> done here. Um, uh, D-Lock, uh, is there a big difference, speed difference between a M.2 SSD with hybrid drive using rapid storage versus Optane with hybrid drive? So, um, well, you know, it, in you know, a, a pure Optane drive is a Gen 3 by 4 so it is going to give you more bandwidth than the Gen 3 by 2 on an Optane memory. So RST will give you a better experience there. Um, but certainly, you know, we've optimized uh, Intel Optane memory to work well with uh, the, the uh, RST stack. So both he likes both children. I like, I like, <laughs> I got, I like all my children. Yes. There you go. Uh, to to uh, Zot, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, will we ever see system RAM go away and have hybrid RAM SSD drives? Well, I think we were talking about it earlier in the kind of the memory storage hierarchy. You know, I'm not going to say DRAM is ever going to go away, um, but, you know, will you need as much of it, right? If if that next layer of the memory storage hierarchy is high enough performance or you have enough capacity, then, you know, you'll get a great experience, right? You know, um, if you think about caches on the CPU, they continue to get bigger and they're still there. But, uh, you know, you, that's, you know you'd want them even bigger if you didn't have DRAM behind it, right? And so if you have something behind DRAM that's fast, like Optane maybe, right? You know, do you need as much of it or will the need grow as much, right? So we'll see. Exciting times ahead. <laughs> uh, here's a good one, but I don't think you can answer it. Xemis? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. Uh, is Intel planning on Im- implementing a type of Optane into their future video cards? Oh. Wow. So that's like t- two things <laughs> wow. I can talk about. Oh my God. The future of Optane and what we're doing. You can't even really acknowledge wow. that question exists <laughs> exactly. at this point. You know, I, I had like to ask. from two different yeah. groups. No, it's good. Boy, no, that just... Yeah. You're not in those groups, so you can't get yelled at them. They'll still yell at you. I don't know. I, I, he can't, I'll, still get, I'll right. still get emails and a phone call probably. Right, that's yeah. true. He, he, can't, he can't say anything. I got to say, though, I can because I can talk about anything since I know nothing. <laughs> It's a very interesting idea because, you know, Roger Kadori at AMD, they very much had, AMD had been pushing these storage on video cards. Yeah, a lot of video cards have PCIe on them today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so it's, who knows? it's an interesting question. And I guess you also couldn't answer if Optane could go into C. We'll just ask questions he can't answer, folks. <laughs> could we see Optane in a CPU itself on the die? He can't say. I'm just asking it. Yeah. Well, Intel lawyers, look, he didn't, even, he didn't even entertain possibly answering it. It's fine. No, no, see, <laughs> no, not even saying anything. <laughs> All right, uh, flash photo on Twitch. Uh, bringing up the uh, SLC topic, would you say the QLC are uh, as reliable and write durable? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, for us, um, we had a long debate about will QLC be as good? Can it meet our our specs? Right. So, we publish a five year warranty for our drives, uh, client and data center, and it has a certain amount of you know it has to meet the IEEE standard, uh, and uh, our drive did that. So when QLC hit that quality, we said it's good enough technology. We're going to productize it. So, you know, from our standpoint, yeah, it, it meets all of Intel's quality and kind of performance requirements. You know, uh, as far as I do want to get a little bit about the durability because I feel like people. I, maybe it's just because I'm an old timer. I feel like people are overly concerned about write durability, terabytes yeah. written, because you really you have to wear the drive out. You really have to write to that thing. All yeah, day. yeah, and and you realize it's hundreds of gigabytes a day. And again, you know, we're not saying there are no workloads that 
don't do that. So that's not not what we're going to say. But we're going to say the vast majority of people don't write anywhere close to that. You know, we even in the data center. You know, we started out our our data center SSDs at twenty five drive writes a day. Right, I can fill it twenty five times a day, and then we kind of realized, and as the customers write, that that was super expensive, and it was may, way more effective to go to ten drive writes today uh, a day. And now we're down to three or less than one on a lot of our products. And people just realize, you know, as much as you think you write, until you really go look at the workload you'll be surprised. Right. You're really and, not writing that much data. And then for client, for client, especially once it's, you know, when you hear worn out, like it won't write to it anymore. I think people think it just stops working. But what yeah. it means is you can no longer, the drive is just like permanent read only mode almost. Right, right, exactly. Well, or it takes really a very, very long time to write the data because the, the, you know, it's got to work very hard to verify that it, that it, the data was written correctly. <laughs> so it, it becomes incredibly slow. Right. So but the so, experience, you know, is really poor. But the primary thing is there's no data loss on that. Yeah, correct. So. Yeah, we do a lot of work. The engineers do a ton of work to make sure we don't, that we protect Until you data. overclock it. Then, <laughs> well, that's all. Right. And we talked about that, right? The, 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 the risk on that one. All right. Uh, thank you for all your questions uh, to the chat. Uh, we've got yes. three more. Uh, sorry, real quick. Real good ones. Uh, I have to okay. get them in here if you get sure. time. Uh, Art, that's an easy one. Uh, how long until we max out the bandwidth of M.2, U.2, PCIe for storage? Well, you know, you're going to see the the specs evolve. We were talking a little bit earlier, right? Today, these are both spec'd as PCIe Gen 3. But, uh, you know, the Gen 4 spec is out and people are working on building Gen 4 products, both, you know, on SSDs and on CPUs. And then the Gen 5 spec is supposed to close, right? And that doubles the bandwidth per PCIe lane. So you'll get twice as much bandwidth going from Gen 3 by 4 to Gen 4 by 4. So there's a, you know, a solid treadmill for the next few years on uh, interface performance increases. All right, all right. Uh, uh, second to last one, OG, OG. Uh, when will Intel adopt uh, PCIe 4.0 or PCIe 5.0 interface for Optane? Hmm. So we haven't talked about product specifics yet and when we'll do that, but you can imagine that that is something we would absolutely do because a faster storage interface will really allow us to showcase the performance benefit of Optane, but I won't give an exact date today. And the very last like one. Gordon expected me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I was going to write it down right here. We're going to write a story right here. Just... Uh, and the very last one, we have all these people asking, where are all the 9,900K units? Why, why, can't, <laughs> 90... why can't you provide all those 9,900Ks? To... They're all being turned into opt-in drives. Exactly. All of them. No. All being turned into opt-in. Yeah, I think exactly. We're... No. <laughs> you know, I am no longer doing CPU stuff, and I haven't. I've been doing the storage stuff for about seven years now, so nice. we'd have to get one of the, the client crew on you know obviously <laughs> intel's trying to you know meet as much demand as we can we we like selling units to people that want to buy pcs so but now you get to go and write an email saying i got a lot of questions about 900k but i don't have any direct user experience with it exactly <laughs> i need a demo unit over exactly there. So there we go someone over here say, I, you know come on I, I, so i i want to ask the last question is that the last one adam yeah, yeah. I, I have a last question because sure. i in 2016 we did an interview and yeah. you predicted like I think, probably right about now. I would say close to now. We about this time of year. SATA would be gone. Everything would be NVMe, and yeah. for the most part, that's come out true. Certainly, it's getting there. Yeah. And the capacity, I think you were saying, one terabyte was yeah. pretty cheap. And hey, folks, QLC. NVMe T, uh, SSDs one terabyte are super cheap. So I, I Bill is Nostradamus of storage, and I'm going to ask <laughs> no. him in 2020. What are your predictions of what we might see in general, not any future Intel products, but just in general where we could be? What 
What are we all shooting for? Well, you know, as we, I think we've talked about a lot of it today, Gordon, you know, you will see larger Optane drives, you know, Optane memory, right? Where you'll either have it where I have a, a big enough set of working data in my PC that I have obtained and then all the rest of my data is in a cloud. Uh, or, you know, I'll have a, you know, multi-terabyte uh, QLC NAND SSD and it'll be accelerated by Optane and I'll have a, a super great experience and all of my data will be local. So I think you'll continue to see it involve. And in, in the data center, it's going to be about, you know, density, right? You, you take a 32 of these and you replace a petabyte, which is like a rack of standard hard drives and, you know, your power consumption is... Uh, effectively zero versus that many hard drives it doesn't it weighs a fraction the reliability is better it's it's easier to cool than a hard drive so from that standpoint you'll see the data centers evolve quite a bit as well so uh lots of new technologies ahead okay Zay, i'm gonna read between the lines four terabyte four four terabyte pcie4 i'll just throw that out there okay. I, four and four something? four and four that, oh, right. that, that makes four sense terabytes right? by gen four by four Four by four by four. That's good marketing. I, I like yeah. that. Oh yeah, they, well, you're right. Maybe we could use that. All right. Wait, wait, wait. So four terabytes PCIe four. What's the fourth one? By four. Oh, by four. Four lanes. Oh. oh, that's right. Oh my yeah. god, that'd be incredible. Nice. All right. Could you imagine that that's PCIe cool. four by four on a? Okay, I like that. Four by four by four. Yeah. That's. Let's go work on that. <laughs> we just created something right there. I like us. it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Bill's got a. Got to get to work. Uh, I want to thank him for being here. Yeah, thank you. So uh, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also leave a review every time you do. Hard drives grow by one terabyte and get cheaper <laughs> by $10. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Bill Lazinski. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, everyone, for attending. And Adam <laughs> Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Thank Thanks, you, Bill. Uh, I appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye.